Welcome to season two of the World Nurse Collective podcast. For those who have not already tuned in, I'm Kat, show creator and your podcast host. This season, you can tune in on your pod player of choice or watch the conversation on YouTube. Just search for World Nurse Collective, where you'll find the many conversations with nurses from all specialties and walks of life. From community health clinics of Botswana, urology nursing in Montreal, and even wildfire rescue relief in Australia, my hope is to connect nurses everywhere with stories that encourage, inspire, and inform. However you're tuning in, leaving a like, a thumbs up, or a comment on an episode helps spread the word about this podcast. So please be sure to subscribe if you'd like to hear more conversations like this one. If you're feeling extra generous, head over to the Patreon site and make a donation to the show of as little as $2 a month so I can keep this podcast going with your support. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash World Nurse Collective. On that note, no matter where in the world you are, wherever you happen to be, enjoy the show. Today I'm with Chelsea Rogers from Tribe RN, and um, she has been on a couple of podcasts that I've heard and listened to, and I started following her Facebook group, um, and I've used it as a great resource to connect with other nurses and to get some information. Um, So I'm super happy to be joined with um, Chelsea Rogers, and Chelsea, if you can just introduce yourself to the audience. I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. I I was honored when you reached out to me and asked if I would uh, be a guest on your show. I am super honored to be here, and I love what I do, and I love um, connecting with other nurses. So thank you again for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Like you said, my name's Chelsea. I graduated from nursing school in 2005. Quickly found my passion for the pediatric ICU and absolutely love pediatric ICU. It still has my heart and always will have my heart. Um, Worked there for 13 years before, uh, and in the midst of that, I started my own business and I worked full-time and started a business for three years. Um, In that time as a PICU nurse, I was a traveler for about four and a half of those. I worked some home health because some of our PICU kids couldn't get discharged. And so myself and a few of my coworkers decided to try our hand at home health so we could get those kids out the door. So it was kind of a side thing and that was a lot of fun. Awesome. I worked as um, in flight for a bit and case management. So we're probably gonna get into little pieces of all of this throughout our discussion today, but I just overall, I absolutely love nursing and I love education and there's so much work to be done in our profession and I'm just excited for people who are willing to come forth and help us make our profession better. Awesome, awesome. So you said that you were in the um, children's ICU. I uh, Hats off to you because I don't know how you did that. I, I have such a hard time even thinking of dealing with children and working with children like at that capacity. So did you go straight into that like from, from school and? Yeah, uh, so that's an interesting story. So I did my preceptorship, which here in America, we're doing um, our very last semester, the last eight weeks, we do a preceptorship. And so we are 
don't always get to select, but I had chosen peds, NICU, any of those types of specialties as my preference. Well, I was super excited and I got my first choice, which was the pediatric unit at one of the big hospitals in New Mexico. Um, So I did my preceptorship there and during my preceptorship, my preceptee, um, she kept calling me her future coworker. And anytime she would introduce me to other people (laughs) on the unit, or doctors she's like this is my student I have with me but she's your future co-worker and so <laughs> anyway um, she kept prompting me over the eight weeks that I needed to go ahead and submit my application and I did that and I got the job the interview process was uh, a little bit intimidating because she wasn't on the committee to interview me probably she had some bias obviously mm-hmm. um, but I got that job and shortly after my orientation was over so we did a 13-week orientation and we rotated to float in turn well of course it was my turn I was fresh off of orientation and they floated me to the pediatric ICU wow. and I was up in arms about it. I'm like, you guys don't understand. Like, this is my very first week off of orientation. How in the world can you possibly think that I'm a good choice to be floated to the pediatric ICU? Right. And they were like, you'll be fine. Those nurses over there, they're amazing. They're not going to give you more than they think you can handle. You'll get a step down patient. You'll be fine. So I go over there, palms sweating, anxious <laughs> as all heck. And I get there and a couple of the nurses were really intimidating and I was like, oh no. And- Intimidating how, sorry. Just, I just, I mean, they just were so confident and not super welcoming. And I was just a little stood, you know, taken back. And I was like, oh my gosh. Well, the charge nurse finally, she's like, hey, we're so happy to have you. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I'm not happy to be here. I'll just lay that out. Like, (laughs) I am so scared. And she's like, oh, stop. You're going to be fine. I'm like, but I'm fresh off orientation. She's like, you're going to be fine. And okay. So I get there and I'm asking all the questions and okay, well, what is this machine and how do I do this and what am I doing with this? And they're like, you're fine. We're gonna help you. That's a chest tube. You're gonna be fine. We're gonna show you how to record the output. If anything changes, you're gonna let us know. This is easy. I'm like, okay, okay. So at the end of my 12 hour shift, palms are still sweating, but I'm feeling a little bit more confident. And the next day the manager calls me into her office and I was just like, Oh my gosh, what did I do? I knew I shouldn't have floated. Like, I shouldn't have been the one to float. I told you. I told you. And the manager's like, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, of course you do, because you shouldn't have floated me. I'm really sorry. I don't know what I did. And she's like, no, you're going to move to the PICU. And I'm like, no, I'm not. We really want you to give it a try. And I said, I don't want to give it a try. I really like the pediatric unit where I'm at. And she said, well, here's the deal. We're moving your position. And um, I promise you're going to be okay. And I said, here's the deal. You need to sign a contract that if I hate it as much as I think I'm going to hate it, in six months I can go back. Nice. So she obliged and we typed out a contract and I signed it and she signed it and she filed it away in my file. Don't you worry, I got a copy. Got to get a copy. (laughs) Got a copy and... In six months, I smilingly brought her my contract and ripped it up in front of her and Uh. said, thank you for pushing me in a direction I never thought I would want to go. And that was my story. That's how I ended up in the PICU. Wow. So trial (laughs) by fire. Trial by fire. Like you just jumped right in. And this is like fresh out of school. 
Yes. So yes. how old were you, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you started there? Uh, I graduated nursing school when I was 21. Okay, so you're really young. So it's not like you had, you know, I'm I'm 40. I went back to school, I, I like very late in my career. Yeah. And even then with life experiences, different ones than you would have at like 2021, 20, yeah. Even with that, I still felt like, you know, really nervous and really afraid of change. Um, you know, and like you said, the sweaty palm syndrome is like real. It, it happens no. all the time and it's like carried throughout your shift. Mm -hmm. That's incredible that you went into such an intense unit, obviously, um, but like right out of school and so young too. Like, I imagine that that must have given you a tremendous amount of strength for future endeavors and like for um, other things that you'd be going through in your life that that required that like immediate jump into it attitude you know yeah I, I actually have never drawn that correlation before um, but I guess that idea that we're a team and I'm never alone really helped me from that very first shift in the pediatric ICU where I was floated and given my own assignment, mm -hmm. knowing that they had my back, even the intimidating ones, that when you would tap them, excuse me, I have a question, they would kind of be like, yeah, rather than, hey, how can I help you? Which I hope that all of you watching will use that yeah. smile and warm welcoming knowing that you were once there too yeah but you know even knowing that 12 years in as a picu nurse when i wasn't so sure about that patient in the bed and thought geez oh, that just doesn't look right i feel like i'm missing something i can call out to someone that's maybe not even as senior as myself and say hey come give this a look with me i want to use your eyes this isn't looking quite right. Do you feel like I'm on the right track, right? Yeah. And just having those conversations and that confidence to say, I need some help in here yeah. is really vital because whether you've been a nurse for five minutes or 15 years, there are always going to be circumstances where you're learning something new. And if you've stopped learning, you need to get out of the profession because, yeah. oh my gosh, like yeah. we can constantly be learning something new. Absolutely. So I guess... I guess you're right in that when I was kind of forced into the PICU, um, it really did give me that security in knowing that, A, I'm not going to know everything ever in my life, and B, these other nurses and providers as a team, we're all in this together and we want these kids to do better. And yeah. honestly, kids are so resilient. And the reason why I knew where I wanted to work is because I was a tech all through nursing school. Um, another term with that would be a CNA, a certified nurse's assistant. Um, some hospitals call them aides. So anyway, is it like I like orderly was, or? Yes, you guys pop, you do, you call them orderly. So it's okay. somebody like a, a nursing assistant right. who's there, they're not licensed, but they're helping you track eyes and nose or vitals or stocking and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. um, I did that all through nursing school. And I did it through um, an agency where here you get to travel around and you set your own schedule. So it was really beneficial for me and that I got to experience a lot of different units, a lot of different hospitals. I was exposed to a ton. And so I decided peds was the way to go. Their so poop is smaller, their puke is smaller, and they're so resilient. <laughs> 
well said. <laughs> but <laughs> so you said that you were able to set your own schedule. Uh, that mm -hmm. must have been really helpful for for studies, like going through school and clinicals, right. and that must have really been a big help. For sure. So is that something that you would recommend then like to other nursing students if they have the ability to work as a, um, you said a CNA or nurse tech? Right, or an orderly and nurse tech. Yeah. Is that something that... That you would recommend then and doing it maybe through an agency so you can experience different units? Like, do you feel that yes, that was an advantage? Yes, and I don't know how it is in Canada, but in America, you had to have at least a year's experience before you could be with an agency. So I worked in a nursing oh. home um, for a year as a CNA right out of high school. So in between, um, like the week I graduated high school, I started as a CNA at a nursing home. I started the training. And shortly thereafter, I finished that training and started working. And I actually applied to the agency a few months shy of a year and they took me on probably just because I was close enough, I guess. And they took me on and from there, you're able to tell them your availability. Okay. Um, the disadvantages to that is that you don't have benefits. There's no insurance and those sorts of things. So you're kind of on your own, your contract labor. The okay. work is not guaranteed. So just knowing that, um, but it was also, there's two sides to that. Being able to say, I'm available for 16 hour shifts, Saturday and Sunday, that's it. I'm not available any other time. And they would find me work if they could. And it just worked. Like I, I was able to come out of college debt free. Uh, there's so many advantages to it. That's for fantastic. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And you're exposed to the industry as well. Right. You learn those organizational skills and those different than nursing, right? But still yeah. you're prioritizing and you're working with a team of individuals to care for this patient. So it's not a fresh thing when you get out of nursing school and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah. I have to work with all these people. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you know how to manage your, your caseloads, I guess. Like, you know, yes. you have different patients with different needs, but, you know, and it's really difficult. I, I worked as, as one as well, and it was very difficult when it came to, like, dinner time or lunch time or med time. Like, you're having to do everybody at the same time. You don't want anybody to be fed, like, dinner at, like, 9 p.m. You know, like, you got to rush. You got to do your stuff, but you have to do it well. But it also gives, I think, like, it'll give um, future nurses, like, a good chance to practice their head to toe, too. Because you can, especially when you're bathing or assisting the patient, you can kind of like take a look at their motor skills, their response, their reaction time, their skin conditions. Like, yeah. so it does give you an opportunity to study a bit deeper into your head to toe assessment too, which is super important for, for bedside. And it being less systematic and more natural. Yeah. So that you're not having to think in your mind, did I assess skin? You're assessing skin while you're doing other things, yep. which really does in the long run help you kind of knock time off of those head to toe assessments, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. You're basically clustering your care within clustering care. It's like you have to yeah. do everything at once, but you learn how to like micro micro task basically while you're doing things. So it's a great practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would recommend that too for anybody that's going into nursing that um, if they have the opportunity or the chance to work as a nurse's assistant, like in the meantime, definitely do that. Great experience. So from ICU, you mm -hmm. did that for 12 years, you said? 13. 13 years. Okay. And yeah. So during that time you did travel nursing as well? Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, I was a traveler for four and a half years during that 13 years. I did a two-year 
don't know, it was two and a half year stint um, before kids and then after kids did another two years and they traveled, my husband and my kids traveled with me. They were priests before school. They didn't uh, go to school yet. So they were young and it was an amazing experience. I totally recommend it. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Going back, if I could do that, I definitely would. I think I would have like done worldwide nursing. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. Absolutely. Did you go like, did you stray far from home or was it like kind of within state or bordering states? No, I went all the way across the United States. Um, so I was born in Texas and shortly moved uh, to New Mexico. I think I was three. So I was pretty much raised in New Mexico exclusively. And um, my husband is, he loves adventure and I don't. Like I would probably still be in the PICU if it wasn't for him. I would still be there in that unit, the same unit that I started in, worked my way up and just <laughs> chilled, like happy, no problem, right? But he loves adventure and we just make a great team because he likes to push me beyond my comfort level and I like to say settle down. Yeah. So we... <laughs> We're a good balance. But um, he was like, let's go travel. I want to show you my home state. He is from Washington state. And I was like, where it rains all the time? <laughs> yeah, from New Mexico. To <laughs> right, right, to Washington state. I'm like, it rains there and it's cold. Like, why? He said, just try it. We'll do it short term. It'll be great. We'll do a travel contract. And he's an entrepreneur. So he was doing his business and it was fine. He was making apps at the time. And so I was like, okay, fine, let's go. So I applied and I got a travel contract in Seattle, Washington. And it was at a smaller PICU. If you're going to start traveling, I advise doing a smaller unit just because they tend to have less acuity and a slower pace in my experience. Mm -hmm. That may not be true across the board. Don't go to rule because rule, you got to know all of it all the time and you are the answer to all the things. Don't do true rule. Um, but like a bigger city with a smaller hospital because the sickest people are not going to go there. Right. Like so a suburb nice hospital or. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So that anything that's super sick or highly specialized will go to the inner city to the yeah. bigger level one trauma hospitals and that sort of thing. So that's my, um, my advice would be do a, a rule. I'm sorry, not to rule a suburb type hospital. That's a great tip. So I did that and the hospital I went to was Swedish hospital in Seattle and that staff is amazing. I'm still friends with many of them. Um, they just took me under their wing and we all learned from each other. And it's amazing because from New Mexico to Washington state, the practice is very, very different because the level of research and development there versus the inner, um, the inner state the interstates, sorry. Um, the research and advancement typically happens on the coasts of our country and then works its way inland. Okay. So it was very different for me. I was like, oh, wow, you guys are doing this and that. And it was so much fun learning all of those research articles that I had been reading that we weren't practicing in New Mexico. They were practicing. And so it was super fun for me because I said, oh, cooling, you guys are cooling? We're not cooling. And so it was just really cool for me to get to learn new things and um, use my knowledge of previous 
years that I had. I didn't start traveling until I had three years experience, which I highly recommend okay. uh, getting some experience under your belt. But it was a great experience for me. And actually, years later, went back there as a traveler when I had my kids um, and we were starting Tribe RN. We went back there because it was a great way for my husband and I both to be focused on the business while I was traveling and um, making good money doing it. So Very that's cool. the way that we started Tribe RN and um, the rest is really history. Very cool. And so is Tribe RN where you, because you said that while you were doing this, you started a business. Is this what you were referring to as Tribe RN or was there another one? Yes. Nope, this is it. Uh, this is what I started in. Uh, my husband is the one to credit for the success of the business portion. He is the business guy. I'm the nurse behind it all. I'm the one that creates all the products. But he kept telling me, he was doing market research and he's like, if you would just create a, a sticker for the back of this clipboard, I can sell it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I just know. Yeah. But he always saw that I was making resources and tools and I would make them and laminate them and put them on my badge and my coworkers would be like, I want one of those. So I'd make them and laminate it and give it to them for their badge. And it was just something that I always loved doing. And he's like, come on, you can do it. It Can I tell you, embarrassingly, it took me a year. And do you know why? Because I was scared. I was scared of failure. <laughs> yeah. And that, scare, that fear of failure kept me from doing what he knew I was capable of, do, capable of doing and the success he knew our business was capable of. Um, and it took me almost a year for us to launch TribeRN after he originally came up wow. with the idea. Okay, so hang on, we're gonna go back a little bit. Okay. Um, first of all, I think it's incredible that even after everything that you've done, all the changes that you've experienced, jumping in like, feet first, like right into the water, like right into the deep end on so many different aspects of your career to that point that you would still be nervous about creating something that um, was already working for you, you know, yeah. like you were using these tools for yourself. So let's rewind. What is TriBarN? So TriBarN is a business that my husband and I created and I create resources and tools for nurses and nursing students. And I've always loved doing that. I've always had a passion for creating resources and tools. It started in nursing school. I would make copies of my notes and my charts and my graphs and give them to my study group. And um, I never thought anything about doing it as a business, never crossed my mind. And in the PICU, I would create like normal vital sign badge cards and laminate them and put them on my badge, fluid replacement, things like that, uh, normal dosages for peds and those sorts of things and put them on my badge. Coworkers, I'd make them for them and put them on their badges. And again, never crossed my mind to create a business out of it. My husband said, let's do this. Let's use your desire to create resources and my desire to create businesses and let's merge them. That's awesome. And I was like, mm, gosh, like that's a lot of weight on me is the way I envisioned it. Was like, you're asking me to create something and what if people don't like it? I mean, like sure my coworkers like it, but what if other people don't like it? And he's like, then it, they don't like it and that's okay. You do something different. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, but that would mean that I fail and I've never done anything where I was destined to fail. Like I knew if I went to home health care that I'd be okay. I had a team, right? I had a team to help me. Well, this was all on me and it was different. Mm-hmm. And so that fear of failure, it took me about a year um, to overcome it and to finally say, okay, let's see if this works. And I'm very pleasantly um, able to say that once it hit the shelves, it was flying off the shelves. <laughs> I know. Had- I could attest to that. I've tried to buy your things before. <laughs> oh, sorry. We're working on that. Um, it's great. I so- mean, like, it's a great problem to have, you know? It's, that's fantastic. Because your, your, your products are really resourceful. Like, they're really accurate. They're well-designed. That's what I wanted to ask you is, do you have a designer that, that creates this stuff or... So I put it all in chart formation and I work with a designer that I told her, like this was our original chart, we, my husband and I designed ourselves. The one that's on the back of the clipboard, we did that all ourselves. And so once we got growing into more products, the badge cards, the pocket cards, I designed them and my designer actually like just puts the color and the font and all of that onto the template. So it's been really interesting uh, learning to work with her and learning how she's not medical at all. She's a designer and she's artistic, which is phenomenal. Um, But it's just been it's been so fun getting to work with somebody and and teach them what it is that I envision and her making it come to life. It's been really, really cool and quite a learning experience for myself, honestly. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm going to ask you something on a personal level, though. So you said that your your husband kind of encouraged and pushed you to do some travel nursing, and your husband helped you with um, starting up the Tri-Bar-N and starting up the business. Have you found, like, throughout life, have you found that, um, like, you've had a lot of encouragement from people and that's, like, helped you? Or were you kind of like the lone wolf where it's, like, if you haven't made up your mind, then it's just not going to happen? Or Because, I mean, like, for myself personally, my husband has seen things in me that I've never seen. And, like, at some point I kind of say, okay, I'm just going to trust him and do it. And then it's like, oh, wow, I should have done this a long time ago. <laughs> you know? Have you had that, like, experience? I think my life? husband is that person yeah. for me. And I'm thankful you have your husband who is that person for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I said, I would totally be in the first PICU that I was hired in, working my way up the ladder and just chilling and yeah continuing to learn in that environment and being completely happy there. Um, And here I am, you know, running our company, creating new products and resources and navigating this uh, online environment with nurses from all over the world. Like that's so cool. If you would have told me when I graduated in 2005, that's what, 16 years now, that this is what I would be doing with my degree, I would be like, you're crazy. You know, I would never do that. Um, but it's just, yeah, my, without my husband nudging me a little bit to get out of my comfort zone, I would never. And honestly, something I think that he also, and now that we're talking about being nudged, in the PICU, I was bringing my patients home with me towards the end of my time in the PICU. And um, I think all of us can understand that lingo, but I'll explain it to you for those who maybe haven't been in the throes of nursing yet and don't quite know what I mean. 
so I, you know, have the little girl and she's assigned to me and she's four and, and she's, you know, we kind of picked apart something that was not quite right in my shift with her and I'd go home and I'd think about her and think about her and think about her. And it took everything in me not to call and check on her. Oh. Well, then it got to the point where I was calling and checking on them. And it had nothing to do with that person that I was giving report to. They were capable, they were amazing, they were great nurses. Whoever I handed her off to, it didn't matter. No. I like wanted to be there all the time so that I would make sure that that patient was okay. And my husband noticed it and he said, I think you need to step away from the PICU. I'm like, what? How could you? You have no idea. Like these are, I love this job and I love these kids and I love my coworkers. Why would I step away from the PICU? Right, yeah. Well, it took about six months for him lovingly being like, Chelsea, this isn't normal. It can't be. Like this can't be healthy. You didn't used to be like this. We all have those hard days and he was there through all of them where I would come home upset or, you know, a code gone wrong or a child that needed to pass pass. And those still were hard as they should be. If they ever become easy, leave that area of nursing yeah. and do yourself and your patients a favor and do something else. But I was just getting burnt out and um, I didn't realize it. I was just bringing patients home with me. And my husband finally, after about six months of saying like, this can't be good. This isn't good for you. This isn't good for your, our family. Like this isn't good for your patients, I'm sure. Um, I started putting in applications for case management and um, it took me 13 applications. I had never worked case management before and all those applications said prior experience desired. And I'm like, oh, I don't have any. I'm just gonna keep applying. I kept applying and finally someone, uh, I got two interviews. And one of them was like, actually, I think you'd be great for this other team you didn't apply for. So I think you should interview with this other team. I think you're going to be a perfect fit for them. And I said, okay. So then I interviewed with them. And sure enough, that was the perfect fit. It was a perfect recipe of inpatient where I was actually going into the hospitals um, and outpatient where I wasn't working. I was actually working for an insurance company. Oh, and so it was, it was, it was the perfect balance for me. I didn't want to leave the bedside. I had no desire to leave the bedside, but my heart just couldn't take it anymore. And I needed to step away. And so, um, after adjusting, it took me a bit to adjust. I, I'm one that doesn't really like change. And so stepping away from the bedside was really hard for me. It was like a part of my identity had been lost, yeah. but wait, this is what I do. And this is how I make a difference. Yeah. And yeah. When you walk into a 12 hour shift, you catch that med error or you catch that sign or symptom and you can pinpoint something's not right and you can call in the team and you know get things moving. It's different in case management. I didn't have that instant gratification, if you will. It's so, more the long term, it's over like the broader picture, basically. Yeah, and learning to deal with people in an office setting that was not my favorite. I was like, <laughs> no, like this is catty and I don't like catty and I'm not that kind of girl. Like, don't, don't come over here talking about anybody, please. I don't, mm. I'm not about that. If they would come over, I'd be like, sorry, wrong desk. Wrong I, desk. Don't, I, mm -mm, I don't even hear that. Mm -hmm. Go, go on with your bad self. I'm sure you have work to do. Mm -hmm. And so it took me about six months to, and I told myself, you have to give it a year. You may not leave until you've been here a year. 
because I know adjusting from bedside to something else is hard and I needed to allow myself time to find the good, to find those little nuggets of satisfaction in my job. And it took me about six, a little shy of six months and I finally was like, I like this, I can do this. I figured out how to navigate the office politics and get it away from me because that's important to me. I, I'm a no drama kind of girl. And so, yeah, once I figured that out, how to shoo the negative Nancys away from my desk and just focus on loving all my patients, it was beautiful. And so anybody that's feeling burnt out or needs a change of pace or if you hate nursing, mm -mm, nope, there are too many opportunities and you worked too hard for that degree to say you hate nursing. You hate what you're doing and that's okay. Move along. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? There's so many options in nursing, so many options. It's like yep. universe in itself, you know? Yep. So it's like you might just not like what it is that you're doing at that moment, that specialty or that unit or that team. Like there's so mm -hmm. many options. You can't, unless you've done absolutely every aspect of nursing, you went into it for a reason. You can't say you don't like nursing. Like, and it's impossible for yeah. you to do every aspect of nursing. Yeah, exactly. I, um, in exactly. TriBarN YouTube channel, mm -hmm. I interview nurses in different specialties all the time mm -hmm. and i'm constantly blown away like wait what you do what yeah tell me yeah. more about it totally. like nursing informatics nursing pharmaceuticals nursing equipment where you're actually teaching nurses how to utilize the equipment that they use every day at the bedside yeah, that's so cool <laughs> just so many options like if you're done with patient care there are plenty of opportunities create educational resources Absolutely. that's what i do and i love it Everybody, there's a space for everybody. Yeah, I actually and spoke with a nurse that's a consultant for uh, movies. She does like movie yes. sets or like TV sets. My sister-in-law like, did that. It's incredible. Oh my gosh. She literally watched babies. Like they were babies on the set. She was a labor and delivery nurse. Uh -huh. And she was watching babies. And if babies would cry for more than a set time frame, she's like, they need a break. You need oh, to give them a break. That's awesome. Okay. Like that was her job, get paid good money to tell the movie director to leave the baby alone. Leave the baby alone. <laughs> Don't make Sign me up for that deal. Like, come on. That's awesome. No, there really is. It's really incredible. Like, you know, cruise line nurses too, or yes. <laughs> NASCAR. NASCAR yeah. has their own nurse. Disney has their own nurses. It's oh, true. I didn't even think of that. Event nurses. Like, yeah. yeah, it's really awesome. But the reason we why I asked you earlier, yeah, we could go like, we have a total list going on about it. Um, in fact, that's an idea. <laughs> like, I'd love to see the never ending list of nursing options. But um, the reason why I asked you if you felt that you had like, um, a lot of people nudging you in a certain direction yeah. is because I think that that's something that's overlooked. We underestimate the value or the power of um, of uh, like if somebody's going to be telling you, I think you should do this or why don't you try this? And it's like over and over again and you keep on saying no, no, no and fighting it. If you are at a point where like you feel like you need a change, then what's the harm in trying? Because some people will see things in you that you don't see in yourself. You You have one view you have one view and you don't see yourself from their perspective. And sometimes mm -hmm. it takes that and it's surprising. Like it's, it's surprising, like what can come out of it. So yes. yeah, I think that like, you know, I, like I said, I've had in my life, not just my husband, but like coworkers, colleagues and bosses, like you had your, uh, 
preceptee that was telling you, no, 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 don't worry. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And you didn't trust it. But there you mm-hmm. go. 13 years later, you know, <laughs> like, right. So, yeah, I think that's uh, really important for people to keep in mind that if you feel stuck and you're not sure where to go, any change would be a good change. And mm-hmm. uh, don't be so hesitant to try what some people might have been suggesting to you, you know. And you know what? In the Facebook group, uh, Tribar and Nurses and Students, we get people that are like, I am so burnt out. I just don't even know what to do. And so I ask them some probing questions like, okay, I don't know what kind of nursing you're in, but in your current setting, tell me a few things that you like. Like when you go to work, if you were forced to tell me some things that you like about our profession, what would they be? Mm. Tell me some things you drastically hate. What do you hate? It's okay. Like we all have things that we're like, I could do without that. That's fine. Tell me what they are. And from there, I can make, and and myself and there's 22,000 people in that group. From there, myself and other people will chime in and say, you know what? It sounds like based on your likes and dislikes that you might want to try or look into X, Y, Z, different types of nursing. And you know what? Reaching out to a group of people whether that be trusted coworkers, a manager, go in their office and say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. A good manager will never say, oh, that stuff doesn't exist here. Mm, you're you're yeah. fine. Yeah. A good manager will listen and they will say, you know what? I, maybe you do need to separate away. Maybe you need to go to part-time. Maybe you need to take a mental health day. I don't know what the answer is, but there's a, there is a space for you in yeah. nursing and you just need to figure out where that is. And actually, I think people would be surprised at how how um how much like different units uh and different projects and research groups um like just how much communication there is behind the scenes that even if you go to your manager like you said they might Mm -hmm. know of a different unit or a different project or a different startup like just different options for you that they're like you know they're, they're looking for somebody you might be a perfect fit for that exactly there's so much communication that goes on behind the scenes that we're not aware of you know Mm -hmm. so but if we allow ourselves to sit and be miserable Mm. and not speak up or listen to that nudge of that coworker, spouse, friend, whoever it is that says, maybe you should try something different. If we block out those things, we're missing opportunities. Absolutely. Those are the doors opening. Those are the doors opening. That's Mm. like when you hear the the creak of the door in the background saying, oh, that's something opening up over there. That's when you got to go look and follow it. Mm -hmm. So I want to know though, throughout your career, have you had any mentors that like have stood out for you? Um, Like colleagues or bosses, anybody that you've really looked up to and kind of set as an example for yourself to attain like your goals, your nursing goals or? Yes, the the original manager that pushed me into the PICU, um, I've actually reached out to her uh, recently. I found her on Facebook and she actually joined the Facebook group. And I was like, hey, I don't know if you know me, but she's like, yes, I know you, <laughs> but let me tell you. And so I like rehashed that whole thing and just appreciated her and told her how much I appreciated her seeing something in me that I didn't see in myself. That's awesome. And you know, those senior nurses in the PICU that day that I floated there, they also were really essential in shaping me as a nurse. They were that unit that I happened to be on and kind of fall on into, right? Like I had no plans to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, they totally shaped me and took me under their wings. They had been there for 
forever. That the longevity of that unit was really impressive. Um, some of those nurses had been there longer than I had been alive. No joke. Wow. At 21 years old, right? And so learning from them and just they were amazing and the the providers there had also been there for a long time and so that whole crew that entire unit shaped me drastically um once i i decided to go traveling um those nurses that had been they also that unit had also had a really great longevity they were amazing in shaping me into a traveler that would be likable and <laughs> Because travelers elaborate, um, <laughs> you know, you've worked with some travelers that are like, We do this here and we do that there, and why do you guys still do this? Oh, like, <laughs> yes, back up the bus, hang on, you're here to help us, and this that's coming out of your mouth is not helpful. Please, <laughs> well, I didn't know that. I was a 24 year old, like. Oh, well, we do this and we do this. And finally, another traveler was like, girl, stop. <laughs> Nobody cares. Shut up. <laughs> no one cares what you did over there. Just ask them how they do it here yeah. and run with it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's all. And I, I had like, a great oh. guest on the show, actually, that said that one of the, one of the best pieces of advice that she got was um, from someone that was training her. And this person told her for the first few months, don't ask questions. For the first few months, you shut up. You pay attention, you watch, you learn, and don't try to change things. Don't reinvent the wheel. You learn the way they do it, and you work within that, and until you've actually earned your stripes, then you can start trying to bring in different ideas, but there's a reason behind everything, and especially if it's an established team and an established unit, don't go in there right. rocking the boat. Like, you know? You're there mm -hmm. to help because they're short-staffed. You're not there to help to, you know, redesign their entire unit. You know? Right, right. And if they they see they see your work ethic, they see what you're working with. And if they want your input, they will ask yep. it. So my first yep. unit, they they were like, hey, you know, we're working on this sedation protocol. Would you want to look it over and give us any tips that you might have? And I was like. Well, sure. Yeah. I like that idea. You know, me, I'm a nerd. I like education. I like learning new things, like all over that. But wait till you're asked. Show them what you know. Don't be, don't be shy. Like, you're smart. You're capable. Like, go in there and do your thing. Yeah. But just be careful. Don't be stepping on anybody's toes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it's not so much like don't ask questions and like as in like, you know, don't ask how to do this or where this is. But like, just don't ask questions. Like, don't question the methods. Yes. Don't question. Like, why do their... I still do yes, it Yes, like exactly. That's the way it is. Right. Just do it. You're there to help. Just do it. And you're going to learn from that. And yes. there's so many different ways of doing things. The worst saying ever is that there's so many different ways to skin a cat, but it's true. Like, right. Yeah. So you can ask questions and definitely, I think everybody, and I'm, I'm sure that you agree, ask questions. There is no stupid question. If you're unsure, definitely ask, but sure. don't question the methods. Don't question mm -hmm. their practice, you know? And I want to mention one mentor that really changed my tra trajectory of life completely. I was 21 and I had finished my orientation in the PICU. And it wasn't long after that I had to be relief charged for the day. The charge nurses had a meeting and they decided I was the girl up for relief charge. 
I had been trained and so I was just kind of waiting. I think I'd been on the unit off orientation for like three months, if I remember correctly. And so I was feeling pretty big for my britches and thinking I was probably pretty cool for being relief charge and not being there for very long and all those things. Well, I had assigned a newer nurse who'd been off orientation. She was, you know, greener than I was, but let's be real, I was still really green. Um, I had assigned her a patient and she was like, well, I just got, I just got this or that. And my approach was not very leadership-like. And she went and told one of the senior nurses about my approach. And the senior nurse, lovingly approached me and was like, hey, your words can be used for good or they can be used to harm somebody for the remainder of their career. Mm. I need you to hear what you said to her and how she perceived your words to her and tell me if there's a way you could have reworded that to where you weren't tearing her down but building her up. And I, I heard her at the time, I was kind of a defensive, I, w I was kind of a defensive person. Um, you know, if you didn't like something, I would kind of get defensive about it. Well, after that, I was remorseful because I heard her words and I heard, hey, Chelsea, you can derail this girl, this brand new nurse's desire to be a nurse and forever change her path in nursing, or you can build her up and carry her on your team this is your choice and you can do this from forever right yeah and i can't say that i learned my lesson 100 percent that day don't get me wrong i still had a mouth that i had to learn to deal with and learn to say what i meant to say but in a kind way mm -hmm. and it took practice. me many years mm -hmm. yeah it took me many years to not be so haughty um, but her words forever changed the human that i am and i really feel like the lord put her in my life at that very moment to speak into me and to help shape me as a human. Nice. Um, and so I actually reached out to her a few years back and let her know the role that she played in my life. And I also found that nurse that had to be my like biggest lesson. And I reached out to her and apologized and let her know that, you know, my nasty words to her forever changed me and I was appreciative that she forgave me thereafter and um, accepted my apology. That's very cool. Thanks for sharing that because it's not everybody that will be able to admit something like that. It's a difficult lesson to learn, you know, but it's really true. I think that like a lot of seasoned nurses and like you said, you weren't even that seasoned at that point either. Um, no, I was, I was very green thinking yeah. I was pretty tough stuff. Yeah, but I mean like it's I don't know if it's like in the throes of things or like in, in the the moment, like it's just difficult to bear in mind what it was like when you started. And sometimes it can be easy to, to get on that high horse and sometimes it can be easy to try to knock people off theirs. And mm -hmm. that's, I think, where the nurses eat their young comes in, you know? Absolutely. Um, and it's really unfortunate because we have a hard enough time in this profession, whether it's with patients or management, uh, recognition with anything we have a hard enough time that we really should be supporting each other but you know what mm -hmm. i mean like it's it's communities like tribe rn that that do that you know that's why i started world nurse collective like it's little things that will little groups that like start you know popping up 
in different corners that will start mm -hmm. to like lift us all up, you know? So even together, if you're having a hard time, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So like, even if you're having a hard time with your colleagues, there's, there's definitely resources out there and there's communities out there that you can connect with. And, and if you need that little boost, which everybody does at some point or another, you just need to recognize when you need it. Um, reach out, you know, try Baron has been amazing. Like I, I'm like not blowing smoke. Like it's just really been something that I've been using almost on a daily basis, just to like check in with other people and see what they're up to. Sometimes I comment, sometimes I don't, you know, but it's a great resource. I'm really glad that you put that up. But that, that brings me to my next question though. Did TriBarN as the group come first or did TriBarN's products come first? What, what happened first? So I created the clipboard first. Mm -hmm. And at the time, like I said, I was still working full time and I didn't have any real desire to like I was staying connected with my profession right I was working full-time mm -hmm. well um when I left the bedside and went to case management I was really missing that collaborative teamwork that I got at the bedside and being able to lift up people who were down and speak to people who were struggling encouraging I was missing that and my husband was like, well, there is this training for running a Facebook group that's correlated with your business. Do you want to take it? And I was like, I'm working full time, creating at the time I was creating the badge cards at the same time. And I felt like I can't, like I can't take on something else. And he was like, well, that's cool. That's fine. I'm just letting you know, like maybe that would be a good outlet. And I was like, I don't know, maybe. So after a little bit, he said, well, I'll just, if it's something that you'll take eventually, I'll just buy it and just save it. And then you can use it when you're ready. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever. So he bought it and I slowly took bits and pieces that I wanted from the training. In all, in all reality, it, I, the Facebook group that they were training me for is nothing like what I developed. Absolutely okay. nothing. But... <laughs> What I did glean from it was creating engagement and really loving on people. Oh, cool. And so from that, uh, I started the Facebook group and I really didn't want it to be correlated with my products at all. Like okay. it didn't matter to me. I did not care. I don't, I don't necessarily use it as a promotional platform. I just want to change our the culture of our profession. That's what I want. Yep, awesome. And support us as, as an industry. And so that's my heart in it. And I did create it after I created the clipboard and I really dove into it when I, when I realized creating the resources and providing customer service and really loving on my profession, I couldn't do that and work full time. Yeah. And so my husband was like, well, you should quit. You should quit. You should quit case management. And I was like, no, I'm not ready for that. And he's like, all right. And as the business just kept being more and more demanding. It was kind of like, I have to choose one or the other. I can't do all of it well and be a mom and be a wife. Yeah. And so I had to choose, like, am I going to continue to grow this business or am I going to continue to stay at the bedside and not grow this business? And those are my choices. And so I really reluctantly walked away from case management um, and said to myself, like, I can go back. I can always go back. And sure, I can always go back, but um, I'm really fortunate that Tribarin has grown and I continue to have the ability to create new products and support our profession in a different way. And so, um, 
yeah, it's the Facebook group came in the middle of it, but it was really to help me when I was stepping away from the bedside to stay connected and stay relevant and stay researching and give me a reason to continue reading all these medical journals that I love to read and nerd out on, but now I get to share them and do, you know, thought provoking posts and ask questions and get your input and share these cool articles with 22,000 people or whoever joins. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And I mean, like, actually, uh, we're just going to pull this up on my phone. You've got the page on the, uh, well, on the Facebook page, you've got a link to different guides. And I think that's incredible. Like Q and A's, critical thinking, nursing brain sheets, which I love nursing brain sheets. And for anybody that doesn't know what those are, it's definitely a fantastic way to get organized on your unit during report and during mm -hmm. your shift. It's awesome for students for clinicals. It's incredible. I think that like it got me through so many different clinicals. Oh, me too. I yeah. loved my brain. Like I couldn't go without it. Yeah. I would very faithfully carry my brain around the entire shift. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I actually... Um, used to make some by hand and it would just be like a quarter of a page and so I could fit four up on a page and then like yep. just fold the page into four and slide that into my scrub pocket fits perfect, you know? But mm -hmm. um, brain sheets are incredible. So that's an amazing resource as well that you've put up on the Facebook page is the uh, the guides. So but so what's coming up for Tribrand then like in regards to the Facebook community and in regards to your products, like what can we look forward to now? Yeah, so we do, I, I've taken a break from the weekly Q&As, but I'm going to get back on those. I've started scheduling some people, awesome. and so I'm actually going to go bi-weekly now. So cool. that's always fun, and I'm always updating our products. So I'm constantly scouring the medical journals, new guidelines. I'm constantly updating everything. So awesome. um that kind of takes up a lot of time for me and I engage in the Facebook group. I, I love to hear from you all. I love to engage and, and answer your questions. And when you're struggling, I like to hear it. And when you're passing the NCLEX, I like to hear it. Yeah. Um, we do a Friday brag post where everyone celebrates each other and it's just a great way to uplift each other and support each other. I'm always doing giveaways every Friday. I do a giveaway on Instagram and um, on the Facebook group. Oh, in Canada, I have to say, we went live. Some of our products were slowly rolling out onto Canadian Amazon. So you can find some Tribar and awesome. products on Canadian Amazon now. I was learning because you guys, people in Canada keep reaching out to me. Please, please, please. And I'm like, you guys, I just don't know if my products are relevant there. I'm a U.S. trained nurse and we use different metric systems and I want to make sure that what I'm providing is useful for you. Mm -hmm. And so I sent a few nurses out there and students, um, a few of my resources and they were like, yes, please just sell them here. These are great. So long story short, finally got some stuff onto Canadian Amazon and just be watching for more stuff to roll out because we're slowly putting more on there. That is but awesome it, news. <laughs> yes. People were buying my products from the U S mm -hmm. and then putting it back on Canadian Amazon for way, way more expensive. And oh. I was like, oh no, no, really? you're not doing that to my people. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, no, you're not doing that to my people. No, no, no. I'll do it myself. Thank you very much. And so I, um, 
my husband actually is working on getting all of our products put on Canadian Amazon so you guys can watch for that and uh, yeah let me know what you think I know I need to change the Spanish to French I'm aware of that It'll I don't come know. with time <laughs> I mean that's just that would be really challenging for me because I speak English and some Spanish mm -hmm. I like to call it Spanglish but <laughs> anyway um I don't speak a lick of French, so I... Well, I'll yeah. see if I can hook, because I'm actually in Montreal, so I'll see if I can hook you up with somebody that can give you a perfect translation or a good tool for that. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's different, too, because medical translations... Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about there. I can ask you, though. In, in Canada, do you guys require the French interpreters to be medically trained? Because in the U.S., we have to be medically trained for Spanish interpretation. Do you require the same? That's a fantastic question. Um, but the thing is, is that we don't really, like, pretty much if you work in Quebec, you have to be bilingual. Okay. You have to be able to speak French and English. Gotcha. Um, there's some areas where you might be able to get away with speaking one or the other a bit more, but you have to have a baseline of both. So okay. you have to be able to communicate and, and, uh, and to cater to both French and English patients. Gotcha. But um, in Montreal, I mean, like it's a, it's a huge metropolitan city and it's international. So we've got a lot of different cultures and backgrounds and languages that are spoken here. Um, so we do have interpreters. It's a great question. If they have to be medically trained, I don't think necessarily so. Um, but they have to have a really good grasp, obviously, of, of the language. They have to be fluently bilingual or, or fluently able to speak the language. Um, I would imagine there has to be some kind of training, you know, because like it's either the person comes with their own translator, like we've got um, the First Nations from further up north in Quebec. They are flown out to Montreal quite often for their treatments and they will have from the community uh, somebody that's assigned to go with them as a translator. Gotcha. Through that, they are able to, the translator is able to pick up some experience with like medical terminology and different situations. But I think that the translators that we have in some of the hospitals that are actually employed by the hospitals, I would imagine that, yes, they do have to have some kind of medical training. You know, okay. if that answers your question in a long way. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but there's uh, there's quite a quite a few languages that are spoken over here, like uh, in Montreal. I know that the hospital that I used to work at, which was like one of the main metropolitan hospitals, had everything from like um, Hindi to like uh, Arab, Italian, Spanish. Um, yeah, so just a whole mix. Yeah. Yeah. But, so. Yes. All right. Cool. So I'm really happy that that's going to be hitting the Canadian market. And like yeah. I said, as far as French goes, I'll try to connect you with somebody that can give you like translation services or at least point you in the right direction. But uh, definitely do not let that stop you from entering the Canadian market full throttle because we need your products. Like they're excellent. They're, they're a fantastic resource. So, Thank you. Yeah. And I think it would work actually internationally because once we get the like, you know, the, the metric system down here, it, it works internationally. I think it's pretty much you guys that are different from everybody else. I know. So once you hit one market outside of the US, you can kind of hit them all. I'm telling you, I know, I'm aware. But I still feel so inept to put it out elsewhere because that's exactly my issue. Like no one else uses our conversion system, but here we are, yeah. still using it. 
Well, if anybody is listening and looking to help her out with this, because we really need to get the products out there. They're amazing. Hit her up on TriBarN on Facebook. Um, and how else can people reach you? Um, TriBarN email. You're welcome to email me. Um, I have a little chat bot communication tool. If you just go to the website, TriBarN.com, oh. you okay. can find me easy. Um, you can find my email there. I'll give it to you, but my name is spelled different. So be sure you're listening. It's Chelsea, C-H-E-L-S-E-Y at tribe-rn.com. You can email me directly. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I really, really, really love to encourage fellow nurses and nursing students. And um, if you just want to reach out and say hi, that's great too. You can find me in the Facebook group as always. Um, and then on Instagram, I'm trying to get better at Instagram. I'm not the best at <laughs> Oh my gosh, social media, like I'm too old for this. Social media, <laughs> talk, I'm like, oh my goodness, I just can't do it, I can't do it. So anyways, find me anywhere you'd like. I'd love to hear from you. Awesome, awesome. All right, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I really had a great time speaking with you. I've been looking forward to speaking with you for a while now. Um, so thank you again. And uh, I'll be sure to uh, connect with you further. And if anybody has any questions for Chelsea, you could either direct them towards me and I'll send them over to her or just reach out to her directly. She's very accessible. So I'm going to sign off with that. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for all the outreach that you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Every interaction helps spread the word about the podcast. And again, be sure to gain special access for two bucks a month by heading over to patreon.com forward slash world nurse collective. Thanks for tuning in. And until next episode, be happy, healthy, and inspired.